Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Raksak, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. This episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. Also, guys, if you go in and say you're listening to this podcast, you can receive $5 off your next visit. All right, everyone. So the first day of NBA free agency is in the books, and a lot happened. Um, it's You know, honestly, to me, it kind of seemed like a lot was happening like the day before NBA free agency begins began and you know to me that that just makes no sense okay because this whole this whole thing with like the tampering it's just I I don't understand where this um you know where we're drawing the line for this because it seemed like all these guys pretty much knew we knew where most of these players were gonna sign um the night before NBA free agency even began which which is like I don't I don't get how that's not tampering but you know, if Rob Polinka decides to use the same freeway as another NBA free agent, then all of a sudden, you know, we get in trouble for tampering. So, you know, I don't I don't really understand that, but whatever, guys. So <laughs> I, I don't know. A little bit frustrated. So, you know, NBA free agency, uh, the first day came to a close and I kind of wanted to give you guys my first thoughts, first reactions on the NBA free agency and then maybe a little bit on some of the biggest uh, winners and losers and how I, you know, how I envision it on planning out if we can get that far. But so, you know, the first NBA free agent that we have to discuss is Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant agreed to a four year, $164 million contract with the Brooklyn Nets, um, which is actually something I predicted in my previous podcast, my NBA uh, free agent prediction video. If you haven't seen that, make sure to check that out. But anyways, yeah, so Kevin Durant signing with the Brooklyn Nets. To me, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Nets are one of the few teams that um, has the luxury of being able to wait for Kevin Durant to fully recover from the injury. The Nets aren't a team like the Lakers where we have to, you know, we're in a win now mentality due to LeBron's age. The Nets have a very young Kyrie Irving. They have a young core of players, so they can wait a year, let everyone else mesh, and then have Kevin Durant come back the following year. So I think this is an excellent fit. And okay, and then while we're on the Brooklyn Nets, we have to talk about Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving agreed to also sign with the Brooklyn Nets for a four-year, $142 million contract. Um, I think that this is an excellent pairing considering the fact that the Nets weren't going to bring back D'Angelo Russell. So they had a hole at the point guard position. And I think that, you know, Kyrie Irving, if, if he can mature and he could not be a head case in the locker room, he could even, he's already an excellent point guard. He could even get better and, you know, Kyrie Irving is an excellent sh- overall, just a very good point guard. He's an excellent shooter, excellent defender. He's very athletic. Um, the only downside to Kyrie Irving is, you know, he does have he is injury prone. So I, you know, it would be it would be a brutal blow to the Nets if Kyrie Irving gets hurt the first year, because then those two big, you know, they're two big um, free agents would be able to play for them. But anyways, I think that Kyrie Irving pairing up with Kevin Durant can be a very um, deadly combination. But it just really depends on how um you know the, how kevin durant uh, recovers from his injury because i i don't think Kyrie. i think we saw in boston that Kyrie cannot carry a team by himself so it'll be very interesting to see uh moving forward how the nets progress and if Kyrie irving is able to you know get into the um how, how he's able to 
um, I guess, assimilate into the Nets locker room and how everyone, you know, how he's going to get into the culture, which I think will be a little bit easier for him because he's from that area or he grew up there. So I think the people are going to naturally um, like him a little, maybe a little bit more in Boston. But, you know, we'll, we'll end up seeing. We'll end up seeing what happens. But one thing that's interesting to me is that all, you know, the bigger free agents were oh, also too. Um, the Nets also signed DeAndre Jordan, and that's a very big. I, I think that's uh, that really adds a lot of balance to the roster. I think they were, they needed um, they could they could pair him up with like Jared Allen, so they have some rim protection there. DeAndre Jordan's also someone that um, you know he's not a total dud on offense, so he can create his own shot. So I think that's also a very good signing. The Nets just absolutely stole the show with the first day in NBA free agency. So what you know, so it's but what's it was interesting to me. What's really interesting to me is that all these NBA free agents were signing with the Nets and not the Knicks, and they were going after very similar players. Now, I wanted to talk about this um, before I forget, but, you know, talk about, okay, so I think the Nets are the biggest winners of NBA free agency after day one. Uh, the biggest loser for NBA free agency has to be the New York Knicks. Um, it's just... Everything recently just seemed to not go their way. They don't win, they don't get Zion in the lottery. They don't, you know, they they miss out on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just for them to sign um with with the team down the street and they also lost their center to go sign with the Nets too. And you know, they signed like Julius Randle and they signed um uh, who else did they sign? Just kind of like I can find this. They signed, yeah, they signed Julius Randle and Taj Gibson um, and, and Bobby Portis. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it is, they are dark days for the New York Knicks. And, you know, it's just, I don't, I, you know, not a lot has gone right for them. And to see them go to the team that's like, you know, really close. And it, it must hurt too, knowing that the brand of the New York Knicks isn't as, probably as strong as most people thought it was. So... I don't know, New York, New York Knicks fans. I, it's 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 rough. It is rough. There, you guys are gonna be the meme team for a, for a while because that that's pretty bad. But on the on the bright side, though, you know, I can tell you that Julius Randle is a good player, but it's it's just not the same. I, I you know, so maybe you'll try again in the lottery. I don't really know what to say for Knicks fans, to be quite honest. Um, anyways, so back to uh. The NBA free agent signings. So Kemba Walker agreed to a four-year deal, $141 million with the Boston Celtics. I think, you know, I absolutely hate the Celtics because I'm a Laker fan. But, um, you know, I think this is an excellent um, signing for the Boston Celtics. I think that uh, the Celtics had a huge um, a hole that they had to fill at the point guard position. And they didn't want to overpay for someone like Terry Rozier. And so they get someone like Kemba Walker, who actually posted almost identical stats to Kyrie Irving. And Kemba Walker is someone that's more mature. He's not a head case. And I think he can make the other players around him a lot better. Like he even made the playoffs like a couple of times on, on the Hornets. And that, and that roster was was so sorry so he could definitely make a lot of players around him better and it, it'll be cool to see Kemba Walker play in a bigger market and for a town that's actually in my opinion going to appreciate um him for who he, you know the, for the talent that he really is all right so the next signing that I really wanted to talk about which came to a total surprise to me was Jimmy Butler agreeing to a four-year contract, $142 million, with, which was a sign-and-trade deal to go to the Miami Heat. 
I didn't know the Heat were still a top-tier free agency destination. Like, that to me was big news. But um, I had the Heat in my um, prediction video previous to this. I had the Heat as, um, I'm sorry, I had Jimmy Butler re-signing with the Sixers. So no, hearing that Jimmy Butler wants to sign with the Heat is very, very surprising. Um, he, I, It sounds like he's taking less money to sign with a worse team but maybe in a warmer city. So I guess if that all kind of evens out. Anyways, I don't really understand it. I don't think the Heat really have enough talent to make, um, with Jimmy Butler, I don't think they have enough talent to really become relevant. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he likes being by the beach and maybe it was too cold for him in Philly. But I thought Philly was a much better fit. I thought that they were, they were only a shot away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I thought that... I don't know. I, I thought that they should have ran things back with him, but I don't know. So that's that signing uh, really came to a surprise to me. But the biggest surprise to me that happened tonight was D'Angelo Russell agreeing to a four-year, $117 million contract with the Golden State Warriors as part of a sign-and-trade deal with the Nets. Um, this this kind of hurt me a little bit because I was such a big D'Angelo Russell fan when he was coming out of college. Uh, I think I mentioned this before too on some of my previous podcasts that I, I was just heartbroken when the Lakers traded him away and then realizing that, you know, he might come back. I was all excited. And then he goes to the team that I despise the most in the Golden State Warriors. So it's been a roller coaster of emotions with D'Angelo Russell. Um, so he's getting paid roughly $30 million a year, which makes sense why he would want to go to the Golden State Warriors. I didn't think the Warriors were willing to over to, to pay him that much. But, you know, D'Angelo Russell, um, I guess he's, he, he, you know, I can't blame him for wanting that money considering the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers were trying to, um, since, since the Lakers weren't only going to give him like 20 million or 27 million. So, you know, I, I, am very surprised. I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to fit with D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry on the same court, especially when Clay Thompson gets back. I know D'Angelo Russell can play off guard. I'm sorry, off guard, off ball, but you know, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to fit. Um, I hope it's a disaster because I don't like the Warriors, but realistically, I think that um, he's going to be able to play fine as the shooting guard and you could just slide clay to the three And I think the Golden State Warriors is going to be fine But what I don't understand with the Brooklyn Nets is that you know, the moment you sign Kyrie and KD You're a powerhouse, right? You are a powerhouse in the NBA So why and so you're you know, your next biggest competition obviously the top tier teams on the east but your goal is to get out of the east and then you're now you're thinking, okay, I, you know, who could we probably face in the NBA finals because your team's so stacked. And that team, one, obviously one of the biggest teams that you're going to face are the Golden State Warriors, which the Warriors, you know, not too long ago were hobbled by injuries. They were, they were, they were a team that not a lot of players were going to come back to. And you basically breathe life back into like your future rival. So to me, that just doesn't make the most sense. You know, I don't really understand it, but, you know, I, I I guess to them it made sense. The Nets are still the biggest winners. Um, the Warriors are also very, very big winners for the um, for day one of the NBA um, free agency because I did not see this move coming at all. I had the D'Angelo Russell signing back with the Los Angeles Lakers. But, you know, I, I guess the Warriors were able to pull this off. And um, the next... The next free agency signing 
that I really wanted to talk about is Al Horford agreeing to a $4 million that's $4 million. That's not okay. Sorry. I, I goofed that up. <laughs> Al Horford agreeing to a four year, $109 million contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think this is a really good move. I think the Sixers knew that they were going to lose Jimmy Butler from the start. And I think, oh, whoa, we got another Woj bomb just now. What is, whoa, okay. Free agent guard Patrick Beverly has agreed to a three year, $40 million deal with the Clippers. Okay, uh, do I want to talk about this? Oh, boy. Sorry, guys, I was not expecting that. Okay, so, um, wow. All right, so <laughs> I guess I'll talk about Al Horford really quickly. So Al Horford, I think this is a very, I think Al Horford is going to be a very good fit for the um, Philadelphia 76ers. And I, I think this makes the most sense for the 76ers because, um, you know, Joel Embiid, he does battle a lot of injuries. And I think that, you know, this gives them a lot of depth and it just makes the most sense for them so i think i think it's a good signing uh for the 76ers considering the fact that they knew that they were going to lose jimmy butler all right so i guess now i have to talk about the patrick beverly um going to the los angeles clippers now to me this is kind of interesting that the clippers you know signed Patrick Beverly before they, you know, were going after uh, Kawhi Leonard. I wonder, you know, the Clippers have a lot of cap space, so they could easily sign Beverly and Kawhi Leonard. Now, I my biggest question with this signing, right, is I, I'm just curious if Patrick Beverly that going to the Clippers means that the Clippers, is that, does that mean that they're out of the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes? Because I know they're one of the three teams that are involved. But you know what? Let's get into the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes while we're on the topic. So the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes mainly comes down to three teams, right? It comes down to the Toronto Raptors, the Los Angeles Clippers, and my Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the thing with the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes is that I, I think that it's, it's more of a two-team race, in my opinion. I think it comes down to the Raptors, and I think it comes down to the, the Lakers, and here's why. So Kawhi Leonard can go back to the Raptors and it, it would be more of an emotional appeal for him, right? He just won the NBA Finals. He was a Finals MVP and he is worshipped like a god in Toronto. He has the backing of a whole country. Um, you know, everyone there. He, I don't think you can get any bigger in a country than Kawhi Leonard could get in, um, in, in Toronto. And it, it would just make the most amount of sense. But... You know, it's more of a fit. It was more of a fit kind of thing with Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, we've seen Kawhi Leonard been able to win um, with the Toronto Raptors before. So here's the here. So so that's what I would make the most sense. OK, and then let's get into the let's get into the Los Angeles Clippers. I think the Los Angeles Clippers have a worse chance of signing um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. And it's mainly because, you know, the Clippers best shot. Um, according to the reports earlier this week or a couple days ago or whatnot, the Clippers' best shot in signing Kawhi Leonard really came down to them being able to pair um, KD or Jimmy Butler. So it, Kawhi Leonard was essentially saying, I'm, I'll, I'll sign with you guys, but you have to you have to sign either one or the other. And, you know, I'm not I'm not 100% certain on the Clippers cap space situation. I'm not sure if they have to unload someone like Gallinari or something like that and able to make sense for another free agent. Obviously, with the news, um, which is kind of funny, which as I was recording this podcast, the news coming out that Patrick Beverly is going to be signing with the, the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that they're 
that they're just kind of moving on from this whole Kawhi Leonard fiasco before, you know, someone like the Lakers could sign Patrick Beverly. So I don't know what this really means. Um, but I guess it's something that we're gonna have to stay tuned for. But and then now the obviously the last team are my Los Angeles Lakers. And to me, the Lakers make a very make a lot of sense for Kawhi Leonard to go to them because the the moment Kawhi Leonard were to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers, the, the Lakers are one already the favorites to win the title, but it would be as a lot of you know analysts say, one of the best um, combinations of one of the best big three talents um, in NBA history. So it's kind of hard to pass that up. And also too, LeBron takes a big um, a chunk of all the attention and everything like that. So I know Kawhi Leonard is more of a a shy kind of a low-key kind of person so I, I he wouldn't necessarily be caught up in all of the spotlight in los angeles because you know you have lebron james and anthony davis who are, who are going to kind of take that up and obviously being with the lakers or the clippers in that sense would allow Kawhi leonard to return home and the lakers are a team he uh, requested to trade for specifically so it, it kind of it would, it would make a lot of sense that the Lakers would be one of the front runners. I think it's a two team race. I think it's between the Raptors and the Lakers. So, but you never know. Kawhi Leonard he prioritizes things that most NBA players don't. So you just really don't know. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty wild ride because Kawhi Leonard is gonna dictate where a lot of these other players sign, like you know Danny Green and like Seth Curry and all these all these other guys. So I'm just really interested to see to see where it goes. But like I said, so these are these are just like my first thoughts on the you know first day of NBA free agency. And normally I do, sorry if I'm I've been rambling on this podcast. Normally I, I write a script, but I just thought that I would do like a first take kind of reaction on this. And there was just so much to talk about. Um, but it's just very interesting. I, I like the way the NBA free, uh, the free agency goes. It's something that's very entertaining to watch now that the NBA season's over. It wasn't like the baseball free agency where it just took like forever and you're sitting there and you kind of lose interest. It's all kind of going to happen within the first week or so. And I think Kwai is going to be making a decision within the next day or two. And that's going to change the rest of the NBA. So I, I personally, I hope he sounds with the Lakers, but... You know, if he signs with any other team, it, I I would assume that he thinks that he can either beat the Golden State Warriors or the Brooklyn Nets or I guess the 76ers, which are, seem to be the powerhouses, the new powerhouses in the NBA. And the interesting thing with the NBA free agency is that one, this was one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest NBA free agencies in a long time. And two is that every NBA free agency, it really um, symbolizes a shift in power because you know certain teams get a lot better because think about like a couple weeks ago the nets were just whatever they weren't a threat and now they're now they're one of the favorites to win the nba title so the nba free agency has a significant impact moving forward and i'm just really excited to see how this whole thing lays um plays out so anyways guys thank you so so much for listening i'm probably not going to be able to make too many more podcasts soon because i'm going to be um I'm going to be on vacation, but I'll do my best. I'll see what I can do. Um, But anyways, guys, yeah, thank you so much for listening. My name is Teddy Raksak, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports.